Be seated, please. The poet Anne Reams writes, In each heart lies a Bethlehem, an end where we must ultimately answer whether there is room or not. When we're Bethlehem bound, we experience our own advent in his. This advent lets go to Bethlehem and find our kneeling places. It's a little over 75 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Of course, where I grew up in the last street in the eastern edge of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Nazareth was just five miles up the road. (laughs) That road, Pennsylvania State Route 191, was known as Nazareth Pike. And if you exited my neighborhood and took a right, after just over five miles, you would bump into the parking lot of Martin Guitars. So the next time you bump up against the New Testament question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You have a ready answer. Yes, Martin Guitars. That's an important thing to know in Nashville, Tennessee. But in the geography of the Holy Land, according to Google Maps in the time of Jesus, it would take 34 hours to travel the distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem on foot not counting any stops for rest. And of course, Google doesn't factor in contingencies such as marauding bandits or deep brainwashed wadis cutting through the path or inns with no room or full-term pregnancies. But this long, wearying, unpredictable journey is, according to Luke, precisely what Mary and Joseph undertook. It's not as if they had any choice. This is no vacation jaunt home to the home place. Caesar Augustus has spoken, and like it or not, everybody has to register in their ancestral home. Joseph lives in Nazareth, but has roots in Bethlehem, and that's that. Days and days of perilous travel ensue, Mary's water threatening to break at any minute, and the whole dangerous, exhausting journey is just to fill out a bunch of government forms. Compared to this, two hours spent languishing at City Hall getting a renewal for your Airbnb seems hardly worth grousing about. For Luke, his question is where hope might be found for people like Mary and Joseph. They are like poor and defenseless people everywhere in every time at the whim of whatever Caesar or mindless bureaucracy or uncaring machinery of state happens to lash out in their direction. Caesar issues a decree, drinks another glass of wine, eats another cluster of grapes, and Joseph and Mary pack provisions and head out on the Roman road to Judea. They are faceless nobodies under the boot of an uncaring empire. Their only hope, if they have any hope at all, is not in Caesar Augustus, but in the God of Israel, who accompanies them even when they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But we're not like them, not like Mary and Joseph, we say. 
We're children of a technological age. We have said to ourselves, who needs hope? We have progress by our own power and strength. Things are getting done, getting better every day. But with economies faltering and a gap between rich and poor widening, glaciers melting and seas rising, viruses still infecting, governments distant and unresponsive, wars raging, we're increasingly disabused of the illusion that we need no hope beyond our own resources. We are now all Josephs and Marys, compelled by some distant Caesar or simply by the crushing force of history to travel a weary road. Many of us come to this, this season wearier than we have been in past years. But by the grace of God, the road leads to Bethlehem. We are Bethlehem bound, and a manger of surprising hope waits for us there. We felt that we had received the sentence of death, writes the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, so that we would rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. In this story, are you not struck by the smallness of it all? Galilee, Nazareth, Bethlehem were small, insignificant towns on the wider stage of the Roman Empire. Mary, Joseph, and the babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, were small and insignificant figures in the census decreed by Caesar Augustus. Why did God choose to reveal God's self in such a small, insignificant, and humble circumstance? One writer suggests that Jesus is God spelling himself in language we can understand. I love that. This passage in Eugene Peterson's The Message, it talks about Jesus moving into our neighborhood. I've always loved that image. Great church father Augustine claims, proud man would have perished eternally had not been found by the lowly God. Elsewhere he writes, because humanity fell through pride, God applied humility as a cure. We were trapped by the wisdom of the serpent. We are freed by the foolishness of God. God uses small, humble, seemingly insignificant, and even foolish things to confound the wise of this world and to bring about divine redemption. Bethlehem was a small and insignificant place. Its very name, Bethlehem, literally means house of bread. But it's in that very village, that little village, the one who is born to become the bread of life, is born on Christmas Day. The one of whom it's written that our hearts are restless until we find our rest in him. So now is the time for an emphasis on joy and awe and wonder, just like the shepherds. For this day, the focus is on the inbreaking of the holy, the angel songs, the shepherd's surprise and response, the ponderings in Mary's heart. The problems of the realms won't disappear, but perhaps going to the manger to worship 
and departing the sanctuary praising, God will enable us to re-enter life with renewed hope and resilience, to be about those small things that bear witness to the kingdom that is here but is coming. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German theologian, compares life in a prison cell to the hope we have at Advent. One waits, hopes, does this, that, or the other, things that are really of no consequence. The door is shut and can only be opened from the outside. Some of us are no longer confident in progress, no longer believing in Caesar's empty promise of peace, may be ready again for the hope and wonder of Bethlehem. Like Joseph, we are exhausted by the forced march of greeting empires, but like pregnant Mary, we suddenly realize that we have been carrying the true hope all along. God with us, Emmanuel. Listen, here again, sounding over Bethlehem, the angel's hopeful song of the only peace worth trusting. Come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee. Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Amen. O God, we are traveling a weary road. The journey is long and the dangers are many. Our only comfort is that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow, you are with us. Lead us, good shepherd, along the way and take us at last to Bethlehem, where we may find our Savior and our hope. Amen.